Welcome, everyone, to Season 3, Episode 2 of Practice Purchased. We are talking lawyers, legal side, and everything in between about um, just how to make sure you're protected in your end of the deal. Uh, In this episode, we're going to talk about the best answer to the question of how you select the best dental lawyer. Okay, so before we even get into how much is this lawyer going to cost, what are they doing, I think the pertinent question right now at this stage of the podcast is to just define what is the best dental lawyer? How do I choose one? How do I find one? And I thought I'd introduce this episode by uh, telling two quick stories. One is about my cousin and the other is about a dentist. (laughs) So my cousin is a lawyer who went to the University of Minnesota Law School, graduated second in his class, extremely bright guy, um, very, very skilled, very talented, moved to Boise, Idaho, where he was from, went to work in a big law firm, and then I took him out to lunch. I was in town, went to lunch with him. He'd been working at the law firm for a couple of years, and I just asked him, hey, you know, you're this big, high-powered, living-the-dream attorney. Like, you, you, you're on the path. How is it? And his comment back to me was actually really illuminating. And I, I thought he would tell me, like, it's a lot of hard work. But what he said was, I hate it. It sucks. I can't wait to quit. And I was really kind of blown away. I thought, well, that's, that's crazy. Like, that, why? What's, what's the matter? And he said, I'm doing everything that's legal to anybody at any time. I can never get good at just one thing. And I'm always on this billable hour treadmill and the rates that I'm charging my clients, I only see a small portion of. It's just, I, I don't like it. I wish I were doing something else which he eventually did. And, and then it made me think of a client conversation I had uh, just maybe two weeks ago with a dentist who called me up and said, hey, I'm trying to decide between my local family attorney who my family and I have used for decades. And you're, I, I read your book and you're telling me you need to hire a dental transition specific attorney. Which one do I pick and how? So those are the two stories, Ashley, that I've got going in my head. Uh, Ashley, welcome back to episode two. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Ashley, I want to start the, the the episode by just asking you the question, how would you as a dental attorney define the best in how do I find the best dental lawyer? What does the best mean? Oh, that's a good question. I think it is a little bit subjective, of course, but um, I think the first thing to look for is does your lawyer know the norms of the industry and when i started as a dental transition attorney i spoke with another attorney who does dental transitions and i kind of asked i asked her a similar question and she said you know the dental or the dental transition lawyers that do well are the ones that understand that this is not an industry where you need to be aggressive and you need to be a bulldog and take no prisoner. She says, this is a very collaborative industry. And so I've, I've learned that the more aggressive and, and bulldog your lawyer is, the more you're going to pay and the more adversar- adversarial your deal is going to be. And you don't want an adversarial deal in these transitions because a lot of times you're going to have the seller continue to work for you. And you want to have a good collaborative communication and to um, help move the deal along. So a bulldog attorney, a take no prisoners attorney can be sometimes good in litigation, even then, because I used to practice litigation. It's, it just means that it's going to cost more money for the client if you have a bulldog lawyer. So 
I think that you need someone who knows the norms and is familiar with dental transition and is familiar with the other lawyers who are practicing dental transition so that they can work together. So I think that's the first thing that you need to look for in a best in the best dental lawyer. But How do you balance that though with the I mean the need to be protected, right? So I don't want a cupcake attorney either. So where's right. the balance? Right. I think the balance is where um, you have an attorney who understands good communication and negotiation skills. And if you have read Chris Voss's book, Never Split the Difference, it is a fantastic book. And in fact, I think you should ask your attorney if your attorney has read the book, Never Split the Difference, because it teaches such great communication skills. It's about empathy and understanding, but you still get what you want in the deal. And, you know, it's never split the difference. It, it doesn't, it's not always a win-win situation, but you have to have an attorney who understands good communication and negotiation skills. Bulldog attorneys, they, they can't communicate with other attorneys. So you have to have someone who's not going to roll over, but understands how to communicate and negotiate to understand what the other person's needs and values and objectives are. So look for an attorney who understands negotiation. Got it. Okay. So any definition of the word best has to include some component of cost. So talk to me. I know we have episode three is going to be all about how much dental attorneys cost and why, and we're going to get into the nitty gritty details, but talk to me a little bit about cost and then any other criteria that you would keep in mind when you're choosing the best dental attorney. Well, I personally like flat fee attorneys for dental transitions. But if you have an attorney that does charge an hourly rate, then ask if they will cap that hourly rate because sometimes deals can go south and you don't want to end up paying $30,000 in your attorney fees because of a, a deal or, you know, maybe not south, but sideways. A deal goes a little bit sideways and takes a little extra time. And so ask your attorney if they're willing to cap their hourly rate. And Otherwise, flat fee attorneys are great. You know that you're never going to go above that fee and you have a really good idea what your invoice is going to look like. Should I just choose the most expensive attorney then? They're probably the best, right? <laughs> that's, that's very funny because what I have found is the most expensive attorneys generally work for the largest firms and generally they're not even dental specific. They just have a really high hourly rate to compensate for the overhead that the large firm has to pay. So, yeah, I don't think that's always the best way to go. Cool. Anything else to add to the answer, the criteria of best? Well, I think, and, and this was another thing that the other dental transition attorney that I talked to said, she said, you know, the best attorneys are responsive attorneys. And, and in fact, I had even talked to you about this at, at one point where you said that you have worked with some attorneys who are not responsive. And so if you can get an attorney that will respond to you in 24 to 48 hours, I think that's a good attorney. There are a lot of attorneys who won't respond for a week or so. And that's how, that's how it's going to be working with your attorney. And that those are the kind of responses that you're going to get. So look for someone who's responsive. Can I add something? I'm just guessing, and you tell me if this is right, but in addition to responsive, I'd hope that I can understand the response. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I like that you brought that up because, you know, attorneys like to speak in legalese sometimes, and it drives me crazy. When you're talking to an attorney, you should be able to understand everything that they're saying. And frankly, when you are reading a document, 
you should be able to understand that document. Documents should be written in plain English. Frankly, I never, I don't use words like whereas in my asset purchase agreements. I don't use heretofore. And in fact, um, I stay away from the word shall because it's been, that word has been litigated so much as to what the meaning is. So all of my documents and I think the best attorney's documents are written in plain English where a high school student could understand them. That's good advice. I need to go look at the letters of intent I help my clients with. I think there's a heretofore or a shell in there somewhere. I should probably take that out. You that's, have to that's take them advice. out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now I'm thinking about the, the story I started the episode with and that client who called me and said, hey, personal relationship versus highly specialized dental transitions focused attorney. What Ashley, how specialized should the dental lawyer be that a, a dentist buying a dental practice chooses? Well, you definitely want an attorney who has done a number of dental transitions. I think that first and foremost, that's very important. But there's a little bit of crossover with certain areas of the law, like business law. And and also, I know that I could go and I could help a veterinarian do a vet transition. And it would be very similar to a dental transition. You know, you just don't have um, HIPAA considerations that you might have for dental practices. So there is a little bit of crossover in certain um, practice areas, but you don't want a family law attorney who has never done a dental transition just because you have a good relationship with them doing your dental transition. But even more important, you know, there are a lot of attorneys that we call, we call them door lawyers. And it just means that they will take anything that comes into the door. And it's, it's like the story that you said, you know, you can't ever get good at one thing if you're doing a thousand different things. And so it's really good to pick a, an attorney that actually does dental transitions specifically. Okay. So yeah, you, you tell me how I should maybe shift or, or keep my advice the same, but my standard advice to dentists that call me and say, Hey, I need an attorney. Who should I pick? is, and, and here are my biases. I can rattle off the names of 12, 15 different, you you included, right? Dental specific, um, transitions focused is how I phrase it, transitions focused attorneys. And because there are those names out there, I just say, go choose one of those. This is a huge decision. It's the, one of the biggest purchases, if not the biggest purchase you're ever going to make. Like pick someone who specializes. Okay, five years from now, you need some employment law help. We'll go find an employment attorney at that point but that relationship maybe isn't that big a deal today. Um, how, how would you maybe just shift my language around or, or help me think more broadly about my advice to dentists? Well, I think it is good advice. And, you know, as a dentist uh, entering into this huge transaction, the biggest transaction that they'll probably make, they do want somebody who specializes in dental transitions. However, it's like I said, there's a lot of crossover in certain areas of the law. So I, I create a lot of business entities for dentists sure. and, and I create them in almost every state. So I can create business entities for other businesses in, in pretty much any state of, if, if I had someone, you know, I had another, someone else in a different industry come to me and say, Hey, I need to create an LLC in Maryland. Then I could, yeah. I could do that for them. But, but also you know, I help dentists with their estate planning sometimes, or sometimes I help them with certain contracts, associate agreements or other contracts that they may have because I understand the industry. So because there's a little bit of crossover, it's okay if your 
if your attorney practices other areas of the law, as long as they do practice dental transitions and they have done a lot of dental transitions and they understand the industry. Got it. Yep. So my my standard advice of dental only transitions focused is pretty close. And by dental only, I, I literally don't mean 100%, right? I'm sure some family member asks him for help sometime and isn't a dentist, right? Or, or transitions focused doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to look at an associate agreement from time to time. And they're not going to help a dentist. They have a relationship, draft a very simple will, a power of attorney or something like that. What about, um, I've, I've gotten the question before about should the dental lawyer I choose only work one side of the deal? In other words, like me, like I'm a transitions accountant who only works with buyers. Are there though, do, do transitions lawyers do the same thing? Like where they only work with buyers or sellers? There are some that only work with buyers and sellers. However, I think it's actually beneficial to work with an attorney who has worked on both sides of the transition because they know what to look for. And so they, they understand maybe what a seller might put in an asset purchase agreement that um, could prejudice the buyer. So I think you know, I was a litigation attorney for a couple of years and litigation really helped me better draft documents and because I understand what to include and what not to include to avoid litigation. Now, I don't practice litigation anymore, but sometimes having experience on the other side can make you a better attorney for your side. That's good. Okay. So I, I feel like the the correct answer here is of course in anything legal, it depends, but it's it's less that there's a checklist that a dentist can go down uh, and more that there are some, there are some checklist items that you want them to have in mind with a dental attorney, um, you know, flat fee, dental, dental only, transitions focused, et cetera, but you need to exercise some judgment and, and in terms of who that attorney is, their ability to get along with others, their reputation and all of that. So, let me ask, I've got three more questions for you, Ashley. Let me ask the, th- uh, the first of the three. Um, how can a dentist who isn't involved in transitions on a day-to-day basis measure the reputation and that quote-unquote ability to get along with other lawyers? What advice would you have for a dentist there? Well, I think one of the best things is to talk to people like you. So talk to accountants and brokers who have worked with other dental transition attorneys. I think that's the best way because you can ask your attorney that you're, you know, that you might be thinking of hiring for references, but that can be difficult because there's attorney client privilege issues. There are confidentiality issues that the lawyer has to keep in mind. So I can't tell other dentist who my clients are unless I'm given permission by my clients to do that. So also look at Google reviews. That's a great place to go. But I think talking to people in the industry that have worked with the dental transition attorney is the best way to get to measure their reputation. Yeah. Big green light uh, for you. Those of you listening, if you ever want to bounce a name off of me and, um, you know, have me give you my opinion, I'm happy to do so. If the opinion is negative, I'll probably ask you to get on the phone. (laughs) So there's not anything in writing, but, um, I, I worked with and talked with almost every dental attorney that I'm, that I think are out there and I'm happy to help guide you through that decision if it's helpful. Um, all right, Ashley, question number two, then the last of, of, of the three questions I've got is, Does your dental lawyer need to be in the same state? So not necessarily. And this is kind of this gray area in the law. The law has not caught up to technology. The fact that businesses are doing business 
everywhere in the world. Um, but but it's trying to. It's trying to create a more uniform process to practice law. Um, so the your dental, you it's more important to have a dental transition specific attorney than it is to have an attorney that's licensed in your state that has not done dental transitions. Um, now, lawyers are licensed to practice in the state in which they've passed their bar exam or, you know, which they've become licensed. So I can't move to another state and practice law in that state without being licensed. However, I'm here in Utah and I'm practicing law here in Utah, but I understand the dental industry. Also, I have resources that allow me to understand state specific nuances when it comes to these transitions or when it comes, you know, the the biggest difference is creating entities in different states. But now I have done so many that I have accounts in almost every state to create entities. I understand the statutes. I have a spreadsheet that I've created that tells me the statutes for this. And and so if your if your attorney understands that there are some nuances in different states, different states um, require you know might require different regulations to include in your asset purchase agreement, then then that's okay. So you don't necessarily need an attorney in your state for a dental transition. Got it. Yeah. I always tell uh, buyers just to just ask the attorney if they're comfortable and if they're able to do a transition in the state where they live. And, and there's some weird states, New York, California, Louisiana, it's this parish system and some of those things that some lawyer, that lawyers will just say, well, I could, but I don't want to. And here's the name of someone else who's really good that could do it, a transition in your state. And if that happened, I wouldn't be panicked. I, you know, there are enough good dental attorneys that um, that will probably work anywhere. Um, so, okay. Last question then uh, for this episode is um, is related to just how again how specialized that transition attorney needs to be. So, um, again, we'll talk about this in, in a lot more detail as we get through the rest of the season. But one of the uh, two of the main things that your dental transitions lawyer is doing for you is the contract. That's going to transition the the business from one set of hands to another. But then there's always real estate involved. There's leases. Sometimes they're buying the building. So does your transition lawyer need to be able to do both? Do you want them to specialize in one and you actually now need two attorneys, one that does leases and the other does the contract? Like, how does that work? That's a good question. And the answer, you know, again, like every other legal related answer is it depends. So not necessarily, but but they can. You know, if a dental transition attorney has experience in real estate, in in dental transitions and real estate purchases, then they can do both. Now, for me, you know, lease agreements are fairly simple. They're fairly standard, but and I understand what to look for when it comes to a dental practice lease. But when it comes to real estate, some of the conveyance documents that you have involved in a real estate purchase, um, if you're going to buy the building, those are state specific and some of them are even county specific. So for me, if it's a real estate purchase, I'm actually going to bring in a third party attorney in that particular state to ensure that the conveyance documents conform um, and comply with the state or the county's you know, recording regulations and rules. Um, so it is helpful if your attorney can do both, but I find it more helpful for me to ensure that I'm complying with specific real estate laws and regulations to bring in a third party attorney at the, at the closing of the deal. 
Got it. My impression from doing these is you eat the cost for that third party. In other words, the pay to that third party comes out of whatever you're charging the dentist. The dentist doesn't pick up the bill for that that separate attorney, right? Correct. So when I when I yeah when I quote my fee, I quote a fee for a real estate purchase, and then I pay that third party attorney out out of my fee. Got it. Okay. Ashley, that's super helpful. Speaking of pay, um, that is the next episode. Episode three, we're going to talk in detail about how much dental lawyers cost and why. We'll get into specific numbers. Ashley, thanks for joining us for episode two. Hey, thanks so much.